0: celebrate Barbara's life and rejoice that she is with her Lord. Uh, Let's begin this service with just a brief word of prayer, and then we will sing a song together. Lord, thank you so much uh, that for those of us who know you, death is not a fearful thing. Um, We often uh, are so overwhelmed by The burdens and cares of this life that we actually long to be with you and we rejoice that Barb is in your presence now Uh, Lord thank you so much for the impact that she made in each of our lives thank you for letting her be a part of our church and we ask that um, you would be glorified in this service and it's in Christ's name we pray amen Um, so I first met Barbara uh, through grace Uh, I was doing Yard work for her, and um, I would show up, and we'd always chat. Um, sometimes up to, up to an hour, um, <laughs> and you know, we talk about everything. We talk about you know our cat, um, her yard, the list of things that I still have to do, um, uh, her her week at Element, and you know how God has been faithful to us you know, all our lives. Um, um, yeah. And, Every time I'd show up, she'd ask about, like, how Tessa's doing. Um, and I would tell her, you know, she's doing good. She'd ask about her pregnancy when she was pregnant. Um, she's known Tessa all her life, but I just met her. And um, it was, I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, would, she knew a lot about my family already. Um, um, and then she, she came to know my, uh, both my boys when they were born. Um, Whenever I went to Barbara's, um, you know, Levi would want to come with me, too. Uh, and he'd sometimes come over and help pick up sticks. And, um, you know, she always had a joy watching him there, too, uh, just running around in her yard. Um, and it, it came to be that for time being that whenever I went to work during the week, uh, Levi would, actually, would, would think I would be going to Barbara's. Mm-hmm. And she'd, he'd ask him, are you going to Barbara's? Um, and... Uh, he, he would see me on the phone with her a lot and he actually called my cell phone a Barbara. So that, that was for the longest time that's what he would refer to it as. Um, yeah, and I'm sure everyone's gonna say the same thing but she was a very sharp lady. Um, she loved being outdoors whenever she can and I would remember uh, one time I was working on her garden and she came out in a rush and I thought something must have happened and uh, she said, Jeff, did you know your, your truck, your license plate on your truck. It's it's my main name initials. And she said it was, it, this must be a sign, you know, that we were meant to meet each other. And um, that was a very fond memory. And um, I'm, I'm glad that God brought us together and I got to know her. Um, yeah, and I rest assured that, you know, she's in heaven now and, she, you know, she doesn't have to, you know, suffer or deal with anything on earth anymore. so.
1: I met Barbara about 18 years ago here after a church service at Grace, and she was about 75 or 76 years old, and she was here along with her grandson, Brandon, whom she had been raising since uh, he was about three years old. Barbara had three daughters, one of whom was Brandon's mom, Meredith. She had spent most of her life with this horrible blood disease which ended up shortening her life. As a result, Barbara became Brandon's caregiver. I always marveled at how a 75-year-old woman could take care of a child so young. It was clear that she loved him and would do anything for him. As we got to know her and Brandon, a bond started forming with them. Barbara would tell us about her life as a young person, a nurse, a married woman, and a mother. She had a great sense of humor, and we would laugh as we listened to the many stories she would tell every time we went over. She was organized, disciplined, and a lover of the outdoors, as Jeff said. Her favorite pastime was gardening, as well as bird watching. Her constant companion was a cat named Freckles. As time went by, Brandon moved to North Carolina where she felt that it would be best for him to be living with his cousin and his family. He would benefit greatly by being in a family setting, she would say. Besides us, Marilyn Connolly would stop by weekly and take her to her doctor's appointments, shopping, and just spend time with her. They soon became friends. Then one day, she confided that she needed more adult company. So I found a place called Elements, where she could go every week and meet with people her own age, as well as have her physical needs met by a uh, medical staff. She enjoyed herself tremendously and even taught them how to do container gardening on the roof of the place. <laughs> After a few months, <clears throat> um, she was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Her extreme treatment caused her hair to fall out and be in incredible pain. Amazingly, she recovered and was told that she was cancer-free. That certainly was a miracle from the Lord. We considered her part of our family, and we would invite her for Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas dinners, and she just loved to be around us. However, in the past few years, She lost an ex-husband, another daughter, a niece, and a dear friend, Kathy. The news that her cancer had returned did not stop her from trusting the Lord for what he had done in her life all these years. And as we visited her in the nursing home in her last few days, she would tell us that she wanted to go home to Jesus. Now she is in the presence of her God and Savior, never more to suffer.
2: All right, so now you know all about Bob. So let's just talk about her as a friend, who she was. Everyone here knew her. You know, Bob and I were talking earlier and we're like, how come more people aren't here? A lot of people didn't know her in our church now because she got to the point where she couldn't come out, and that really, really bothered her. Um, Like Claire said, Barbara, we... (laughs) I'm going to elaborate on how I met Barbara. I was sitting right here, and we had a missionary... And this kid's walking down the middle of the hall while the missionary's talking with a dollar bill in his hand. And I'm like, who's that kid? So I went and got him, and I brought him back. I said, what's going on? He said, I want to give this to the missionary. I said, who are you here with? He said, my grandmother. So I said, well, look, I'll tell you what. Let's go sit here with your grandmother. When it's all over, I promise you I'll bring you up. You can give him the dollar. So from that point, Brandon became part of our family. And so did Bob. Because, uh, and I used to take Brandon weekly. We went to baseball. We did a lot of stuff together. He was what seven when I got him, and um, so I got to know Barbara very well. As a matter of fact, a couple of times I had him over the house. We were—I forget—we were building a model of an engine. I built a model of an engine with him, and he goes, and he says, "You know, uh, my grandmother's 75 years old." I said, "Brandon, that's not right. She's maybe 65. She's not 75." So I, when I brought him back, I said, "Bob." And by the way, when I get back there, you know what Barbara was standing on the countertop, standing on the countertop painting the cabinets, right? And I'm like, "Bob, what are you doing?" She, said, oh, well, you know, I mean, she looked good enough to do it in my estimation, right? So as yeah, she was painting, I said, "You know, Brandon told me you were 65." He goes, she goes, "I'm not 65. I'm 75." No, I said, Brandon told me you were 75. I said, "Just 65. She said, I'm not 60 I'm 75 years old. I looked at her and I said, you're my hero. <laughs> I want to be like you when I grow up. And, and Barbara just, we, that was a joke that I used with her many times because I was over her house a lot. And I'm thankful for people like Jeff taking over, cutting the lawn, because I'm old. And I was doing it, and Pastor John was helping with his kids. Uh, Everybody here helped her, and she really appreciated it. Um, So Barbara, as was said, loved being outside, loved it. You see what she did to her yard? I couldn't believe it. I kept saying to Bob, you don't even own this house. She had a reverse mortgage on that house. And by the way, the bank hated her because she got to live much longer than they thought and cost them some money. I told her that all the time. Bob, why are you doing it? We just put a brand new door in the house because she wanted a new door. Barbara wanted things her way. She wanted it, she, she liked things to be done the right way. And every time I go over there, John, I have a list for you, let me find out. And she'd go find it and she'd give it to me and I'd go fix a few little things. But, but I'll tell you what, one of the funniest things that ever happened, because of her, I can thread a bobbin on a, on a sewing machine. I can sew on a sewing machine. It's amazing. Because Barbara wanted a sewing machine. Did you pick it up for her? No. I don't even know who picked it. Oh, she, I think she bought it online and had it shipped to her house. I went there one day, and it was there. And she, she had no clue how to run it. So either did I. But, but we sat together for hours and did it. I used to go over to Barbara's. Didn't matter what time of day I went. You went to McDonald's, you bought a large coffee, right? Three cream, three sugar, right, Marilyn? That's three creams, three sugar, and a blueberry muffin. That lady loved that stuff. And so, so we would go and we'd sit. But we'd sit and we'd talk. Marilyn, you did this too, right? You just sat and talked to her. It was really cool talking to her because I got to hear about her living on a farm. I got to learn about her how she grew up and what it was like, her going to nursing school, and what her father was like, and there was a dentist involved. And I, I, sometimes I'd just sit there and she'd keep, she'd be talking and then talk about something else and she'd say, how did I get there? i I don't care, just keep talking, right? Cause, because I got to really know Barbara um, as a person. Uh, I loved her almost like a mother. Uh, I mean, because I used to say to her, Bob, she'd complain to me. I'd go in the house, my knees hurt. Hey, Bob, how old are you? 94. I'm 70. you got 24 years on me. I want to be like you when I grow up. I always said that to her. You are my hero. And uh, she, she got a kick out of it. But every time I left that house, she would cry, right? She would cry. She was lonesome near the end. When Bob, when um, Brandon left, it was kind of a relief to her, but it was also a hole in her life. I spent many times there with Barbara. Just imagine yourself being 85 years old, bringing up a, what was he, 12? 12, 12 year old kid. She had her ways, and Brandon had his ways, and they often didn't match. And she would call me, sometimes crying and I'd have to get down there and deal with Brendan. And Barbara was always, always thankful that not just me, but all you guys were there. She'd mention you guys all the time when I was talking. So thankful for our church. When she couldn't come, it broke her heart. I, we tried picking her up a couple times, but she got to the point where she, she, she had a physical issue that she couldn't be sure that she could sit here the whole time. So, so she, she couldn't come, but we'd go. I sh- I the other thing was, anybody try to help her with that iPad? It was funny, because I, I don't know how to use an iPad, and I finally got it where I put Grace Bible Church on there so she could watch the services one week, and next week she didn't know how to do it, and she called me many times. Well, now, what button do I press on the remote to get a TV station Right? Yeah. Uh, she called me on my, I was out on a boat one time, she called me, on, pop. I can't come right now." Uh, but but she, was, she was awesome. I miss her a lot, because, especially in the winter, in the summer, I wasn't here a lot, but I talked to her a lot. But we miss her. Claire and I used to go and just sit with her, just like Marilyn used to, and I, for an hour, you'd go to cut the lawn and you'd talk to her for an hour, right? Because she was lonesome. Listen. When Claire found her elder care at Element, she was really excited about it. She would, was looking forward to going. They'd pick her up, took all care of her, all the medicals. She had social activities during the day where she could do stuff. And it got to the point where she said, I don't really like going there anymore. They're all old. I'm like, Bob, you're probably the oldest one there. Yeah, but they're old. I'm not old like them. Uh, Yeah, I I get it, because she really wasn't. She was pretty active, really, when she got the cancer the first time. So when she got cancer the first time, she was feeling pretty sick. And then when they gave her the chemo, I forget talking to her saying, I'd rather die. I would rather be in heaven than have that chemo. So I said to her, it's your call. I mean, it's your body. So she stopped it. And then guess what? Okay, Claire said the tumor went away. The doctors couldn't understand it. I said, this is your chance, Bob. Go tell them, we know, we understand it, God did it. she go, oh, yeah, and then she'd go, in, and so when, even in her old age, she was out there, maybe not preaching the gospel per se, but telling people about who God was and what he does in our lives and about being a Christian. I loved her for that. I mean, hopefully we can be as faithful as that as we get older and older and older. <laughs> um, she talked to me about her farm life, her childhood. She went to nursing school, talked, told me how she met Harry, her, her husband, about her kids growing up. I mean, she was just an awesome person. And then, so really up to about, what, a year ago, she started getting cancer, she, she felt that cancer coming again about a year ago. Um, she was pretty active. Would she go outside when you were cutting the lawn? course she would. She was so proud. I, I go, remember Claire and I went there, we walked in the house and she's got a walker and she's got all her gardening tools hitched to it. So she could, and she, look at this. And she like, she wanted to show me how everyone worked, how I could walk out there and all that. And I'd say, Bob, you can't fall. You can't fall. If you fall, your freedom's over. I know that. I know that. But I can do this. Okay, well, you can, but you need to be really careful. She wanted me to buy her a lawnmower, and that's how we got connected, because I'm like, I'm not buying you a lawnmower. You're not getting a lawnmower. I mean, she wanted to cut the lawnmower, and she would have. She would have done it, right? Am I right? She was she, she's pretty, uh, pretty active right to the end. I'm telling you, I think God, God was good to her the way he took her. Because right up until maybe a year, less than a year, when the cancer started coming back, she was on her own. How about the coloring? Did you did you see her coloring? Which she was actually pretty good at. We bought her frames so she could frame them and put them up, and and she was really proud of it. I really want one. Can we get in the house and get them? I want one. <laughs> I would like to get one of those to have, but. Um, that was her pastime. She loved it. And then her cat, when her cat died, I was worried about her because the cat was like 18 years old when it died. And she loved that cat. She called it Goofus. She, his name was Freckles, but she called him Goofus. Well, the second one was oh, the second, well. The one
1: that she had at the end, that was oh, she f- called him Goofus.
2: Called one of them. Uh, goofus. Goofus, she called him. And then when she lost him, I was really worried about it because I thought that's her only companion during the day. But you know what? She said, it's okay. I had him for a long time. It's good. She had a good attitude about it. And then she'd say to me, you think I should get another cat? Yeah, I'm not a kitten. <laughs> I don't think you should get a kitten. And uh, she thought about it. And, and you know, she had a good friend at Element. Her name was Rita. I did get to meet Rita in the nursing home just prior to her death, like two or three days before I was visiting her, and Rita came in. I didn't know it was Rita until Barbara Barbara was in bed. You saw her. She was so weak she couldn't get up and go from one chair to the other. When this girl, Rita, came in, her eyes lit up. I, I could see light in her eyes wow. when when she came in. She was so excited to see Rita. I was hoping Rita would be here today. Uh, but, but she was pretty upfront with Rita about her faith. She told Rita about her faith. And she said, and Rita listens, but she doesn't, she doesn't say anything. Yeah. So I said, Bob, it's okay, you told her. She sees it in you, she knows what you're like. So until the end, Barbara was a witness to the unsaved, right up until the end, pretty exciting. Um, we often, Bob and I often spoke about God and our eternal future. Because in the last year, she started getting a little depressed, right? She was down a lot because she had pains, her knees, her ingrown toenails, you know, all, all these issues that you talk about. I go in and say, Bob, you're in better shape than me still. So look up, keep looking up at, at the good that's there. And we would, we would share, she felt like she wasn't useful in her old age. You know what she'd say to me? Why is God keeping me alive? I said, because he's not done with you. Right? He's not done. And, and she would say, yeah, and then we'd talk about her meeting people at Element. I said, you can still be a testimony of these people there. You can show them who God is through your life. Even in, even in your pain and the, and the problems that you have. But at the end, she didn't even want to go to Element she'd call, she'd say, I'm going to cancel it for this week. I'd say, Bob, you should go. Yeah, but they're old. I don't want to go. Uh, um, so so we, when Barbara would talk about her being down, I'd say, Bob, what does God's word say about that? And I'll tell you what, she pretty much memorized Philippians chapter four, verses eight, at least verse eight, but verses eight and nine. And I'll just quote that at the end. It says, "Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worth, worthy of praise, think about these things." They say, "Bob, think about these things," and look what the next verse says. It says, "So what you've learned and received and heard and seen of me, practice them, think about them, do them, and you have the peace of God." I believe Barbara had God's peace. she ended up in that nursing home at the end. And God showed her, at the very end, time to come home. And she was at peace when she left. She would repeat that to me often. Before we left, she'd say, I know, i got to think about good things. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Call me anytime you want, I'll remind you of that. So... His, his, so now she has that perfect peace, right? Because she's in heaven with God. It's done. She's there. So I say, uh, We'll see you again, Bob. And I also say, You know what, Bob? I'm going to keep looking up. But you don't have to anymore. You know why? Because you're there. So let's, we, I miss Barbara, and I know you guys do too. But you know what? I don't think it could have gone a better way for her, the way that it worked. I'm sorry that she went through what she went through. I'm thankful for good friends like you who supported her and helped her. Marilyn spent hours with her, I know, at the very end. Did you go shopping with her? Did you ever go shopping with Barbara? It's a day. <laughs> Right? You go shopping with Barbara, it's a day. But you know what, it was good to see her out. She loved getting out of the house. She loved going to get coffee with you, Marilyn. She did, she loved it. And I know she was appreciative of everyone here. So I'll leave it at that.
3: Before we look at God's word together, we're gonna, I'll read you what uh, Marilyn, Marilyn would like me to share. She says, even though there was an age difference, it didn't matter when, a conversation with Barbara, uh, when in a conversation with Barbara because we both remembered some of the same times and how things used to be. We had nursing in common and uh, would talk a lot about that. Uh, Barbara was a nurse. Uh, I'm sure she was an excellent nurse because she was very particular and conscientious about everything. I think the doctors hated to see her coming because she would ask them every question possible and catch them on how they were treating her because of her nursing knowledge. She didn't have an easy married life because she was the main breadwinner and house fixer-upper and was therefore a highly independent woman that could fix anything. She loved her garden and birds, and we would share this together. Our special place was having a coffee and a muffin at McDonald's where we would solve the world's problems. She loved the Lord, and we would share things about him with each other. I tried to do a Bible study with her, but her mind would be on so many other things that I realized she just needed someone to talk to and encourage her in her walk with the Lord. It was a privilege to know and love her and be there to take her for errands and appointments. She is sorely missed. Uh, Marilyn. Philippians uh, was already referred to. I'm going to start there this morning in Philippians chapter 4. I could share uh, many stories uh, with Barbara, and a couple had to do with trying to trap animals. And then once we trapped animals, what to do with a skunk that we trapped. And then I'm like, I'm not touching that, and I'm not putting that in the trunk of my car. (laughs) So... Uh, we're going to have to get creative here, uh, Barb, and it ended up uh, dying in the, uh, in the trap, and then it, it, it bothered her that I was going to dig a hole in the yard, in her yard, and put the skunk in, in her yard, and I'm like, it's going to be fertilizer for your flowers, and <laughs> she's like, felt bad for the skunk, I'm like, well, it's not living under your house in the side room that always smelled like a skunk, and as soon as you walk in there, Oh, and then the hot days uh, was awful. Um but uh we had great conversations and I'll share some of those as I go through especially the last uh two two months of her life as I got to go see her just about once a week uh in the nursing home and uh encourage her uh, in the Lord She lived a simple life if you were to watch her diet you'd say this is a pretty simple diet I went grocery shopping with her one time when she could walk well, and I had a hard time keeping up with her. You give her a shopping cart and market basket, and she knew where everything was, like most ladies do, and like most of us men have no clue where stuff is, and she just knew, and she knew where stuff was. She also knew what size everything to get and how much things should cost, and if they raise the price on anything that she normally bought, she's like, oh, they raise the price on that? And uh, so I went grocery shopping with her once, and we would, i went to McDonald's uh, once or twice uh, with her. Um, but she lived a simple, a simple life. Uh, she wanted a nice yard and a simple house uh, that um, she had, and uh, she had friends that uh, kept life simple for her, and uh, and it was it was a pleasure to go. Uh, take things uh, to her uh, to fix a few things on her house when they needed uh, fixing and to talk uh, with her about, uh, like Marilyn said, the way things used to be, which probably more simple than, uh, and less complicated. She had a simple way of looking at life, too, and um, she learned over the course of her life to trust and as I uh, went to visit her in the hospital before she went to the nursing home, I said, Barb, I, I haven't heard how you have trusted Christ as your Savior. So I listened, uh, Pastor Ty and I were there listening to her, and age 21, that she turned from her sin, trusted Christ alone. Her parents weren't thrilled with that and never probably got over that uh, event in her life, but that changed the direction of her life. And so her life wasn't only just simple, it was secure from that day on. And her eyes sparkled as she talked about her secure life, because she knew a secure Savior that uh, would not let her go. And um, this is our hope in life and death as well, that our Savior promises eternal life and delivers what He promises and when he promises something, he expects us to keep our eyes fixed on him. He is really the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He despised the same, and now he's seated at God's right hand. And despite the difficulties that Barb had and the loss of her, uh, uh, several in her family, and the loss of her health there at the end, um, when when I brought up, Uh, the idea of her security in Christ. She went from a concerned look on her face in a nursing home to peace and smiling. And I told my kids, hey, when I'm in a nursing home one day, do the same thing for me. (laughs) And if I'm around and you guys are in a nursing home, I'll do the same thing for you, all right, if I know who I am and where I am. And uh, it it is one of the joys of being a pastor. Uh, to, uh, to help shepherd people until the end. And I uh, got to see her Wednesday night. She passed away on Sunday and got to see her Wednesday night and took uh, my, three of my children with me. And we sang a song for her. And um, she smiled. She has very weak at that point. And uh, glad we got to go see her. And um, we talked from there to, to church on, um, uh, death is part of life and, uh, we won't escape it. If uh, we live long enough here, we'll all, uh, taste death, but there is a savior who has destroyed death for us and, uh, death has lost its sting and the grave has lost its victory and there is no pain in death. Uh, eternal comfort lies just beyond death's door. And, uh, it's times like this, people gather, and we remember someone's life, who was secure, and lived a simple life. And uh, we, I, I told her um, probably the last week, a week before she passed, Barb. I envy you. I want to be where you're at. I want to go. I want to go where you're going. I want to see what you're going to see, and you're closer, Barb, than me, all physical uh, things aside and life expectancy aside, Um, and she beat us to heaven, and we rejoice with her now in her security. What caused her to have security and joy? Verse uh, Philippians chapter four and verse six says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We have access to a secure relationship to our God, and he encourages us not to be worried or anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. The longer we live, and if we live to be 94, we have a lot to be thankful for. Because we have more of life to experience and realize. Life isn't that complicated, it really is simple. And life is very secure when you are in Christ. And Barb taught us uh, to be thankful, and she was thankful for the little things. She was thankful for the iced coffees that we were able to take her in the nursing home even, and the uh, carpet that I tried to install and had to get a professional to install it earlier this year. And uh, I I wasn't going to watch YouTube videos, and I said, Barb, I am not professional carpet installer, but I'll try, and it was wavy, and she, she was concerned she was going to fall. I don't, don't want you to fall on my carpeting job, so, so why don't we just hire somebody, and she, she had the money to pay for it, so I go there, and when these carpet installers are are installing this carpet, and it's hot. It's a hot day of 90 degrees plus outside, and inside her house, um, I had short sleeves on, but I was so hot in there. It was 85 degrees, and she thought it was comfortable. I'm like, can we go outside? It'll be more comfortable. At least there'll be air out there. And, uh, but she loved it, she loved it warm, uh, and uh, I was hoping the carpet guys would go fast because I was afraid I was going to pass out. Um, but it was a delight uh, to, to talk with her and to spend time with her, and she was thankful or, um, thankful for you. And I'm sure she prayed and thanked God for you, for her family, for the good times that uh, she was able to enjoy, and her mind was sharp until the end. And look at verse 7 with me, that when we thank God, and in everything by prayer and supplication we're thanking Him, we're not worried, we're not anxious. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Security and peace is only found in Christ Jesus. And we tell the world, this is the best life. It's not complicated, it's simple. It's not insecure. It is not, um, we know exactly where we're going uh, when we die. And it is simple, and it causes, if you go down with me, down to verses 11 to 13... Uh, it says, not, not that I am s- speaking in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And the longer we live in life, and if we live on a tight budget for the rest of our lives, you can learn to be content. And Barb, I think what caused her to have a simple and secure life was she learned contentment, with a lot or a little, with a few friends uh, or just a few Hours of day where she felt good. She, uh, it was a simple life because of contentment. And she was content with everything. Verse 12, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And here it is. Here's the secret. I can do all things through Christ, through Him who strengthens me. This passage is often quoted out of context, but in context, it's talking about contentment. We can be content with whatever we have or don't have in life because it's a simple life where the peace of God will surpass our understanding. It was simple because she was thankful for the smallest things. But what about security? Security is found in verse 7 in Christ Jesus. Back in Romans chapter 6 and chapter 8, Romans 6:23 is a verse that's wonderful for uh, our salvation. The wages of sin is death. And if you knew Barbara and she knew this verse, and probably at age 21, this verse made an impact on her life, so much so that she feared death and she feared the wages, the payment for her sin. She realized she was a liar. She realized she had probably stolen things. She is dishonest. And she was coveting. She dishonored her parents. She probably took God's name in vain. And at age 21, she realized the wages for her sin was death. But she didn't have to earn death because there's a free gift of God waiting for all those who will turn from their sin and trust Christ alone. And the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. So security comes... And security came for Barbara at age 21, and as we talked with her at age 94, she has a secure life for 73 years. She knew the Lord. She walked with the Lord for 73 years. Why? Because eternal life begins at the moment that you accept that free gift. Eternal life began for Barbara at age 21, many years ago. And why, is, why can we claim that we have a secure life and a secure future? Because of past repentance and trust in Christ alone. There's one way to get to heaven. There's one way to be free from sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus washes away sin. We teach our children this song, and this is a song that is simple And causes us to be secure. When our sins are washed away, we don't have to bear the brunt of the penalty for our sin from a holy, just God. A relationship began with Barbara and her Savior at age 21, not because she was part of a church, not because she was good, because she was repentant and she trusted in Christ's finished work on the cross and his resurrection. Her relationship began because she accepted the free gift of eternal life. And if she could talk to you today and you don't know Christ, this is what she would tell you. Turn from your sin and trust Christ alone. It is a free gift of salvation. And if you are trusting Christ alone, rejoice in your salvation today. The security of eternal life uh, starts at the moment of our salvation. It never ends. God holds us. He keeps us. And as she, the first time I saw her nurse in the nursing home, probably three weeks before she passed, she had a very concerned look on her face, and she was talking quite a bit, and I was listening quite a bit, and she said, I'm going to die in this place. And I listened, I said, Barbara, can I read some scripture with you before I go, Oh, sure. She went from very concerned about dying in a nursing home to smiling and being very content. And God uses his word in our lives to help us to be, to know that we are very, very perfectly secure. And when the time comes for us, if we're in a nursing home or we're dying at home or in a hospital bed, and if you have a chance to, to talk with someone at the end of life and they know the Lord, share, share this passage with her. I've shared this with several uh, in our church that have passed away. And it's uh, Romans 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? I think I read the whole chapter for her, and I'm not gonna, I asked her, do you want the short version or the long version, Barb? As It's up to you. You're you're staying here, <laughs> I'm leaving, but I'll give you the choice. Do you, do you feel like you want to hear the long? She said the long version, so I read all of Romans 8, okay? But for you, I'll give you the short version, all right? Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him, with Christ, graciously give us all things? And you could see on her face as I was reading, and I would glance up occasionally, make sure she wasn't asleep and she's tracking with me. And the concern on her face was leaving. And the contentment and joy and happiness was coming. As we read God's word, this is what God's word does for us. Who know him. Verse 33 Who shall then bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. And Barbara knew what it was to be justified right with God, free from sin. Verse 34 Who is to condemn? Now, Barbara's own heart was condemning her. She was concerned. And at times, when we're physically weak, we don't feel like we belong to God, we don't feel like we're saved. But our salvation isn't based on feelings, it's based on truth. And Christ says, who is to condemn? Christ, Jesus, is the one who died. More than that, who is raised, who is at God's right hand, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And I may have added with her, or nursing home or cancer? No. nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when I got to the end, she was smiling. She was not anxious anymore. And it wasn't because of me. It was because of Jesus and His Word. Our security is in Christ. Our faith is in Him. And the hardest things we go through, even death itself, will challenge your faith. But there's truth like this and other places that remind us nothing separates us from the love of Christ. Why? Because He is the sovereign ruler of the universe. And He's cared so much that He became one of us he knows what we're going through, even to the point of death. Because he died on a cross. But he promised, I'm not going to stay dead. And 1 Corinthians 15 reminds us, we're not going to stay dead either. What is sown in weakness will be raised in power. What is sown corruptible will be raised incorruptible. Why? Because death has no Power over us. It is merely a speed bump in the road that leads to eternal life. And we are face to face with death today, but it is merely a small little foe because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. I don't remember, maybe my girls remember what songs we sang for. Barbara, um, but it was probably songs like we just sang Amazing Grace, It Is Well With My Soul, How Great Thou Art When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. It's those songs that are rich, that will remind us of our security, and songs that we can sing and hum and um, live a simple life, trusting a sovereign Savior that nothing's going to separate us from him. Nothing's going to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. Our Father, we are so thankful that we knew Barbara. We're most of all thankful that she knew you. and She wanted others to know you. And I pray for those listening now who don't know you, And when their time comes in a nursing home or a hospital bed or at home, they will think about their eternity and realize the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I pray that they would turn from their sin and trust you alone. So thankful for many here today who know you know the same God, worship the same Savior, and are rejoicing with Barbara that she's been in a better place for two months now. No pain, no walkers, no maintenance on her house, nothing that would concern her at all. She's in your presence. She's worshiping at your feet. We long to be where she is at. I pray that you'd use us until you call us to be with you. Help us to live a simple and a secure life, magnifying the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. This concludes our service. Thank you for coming.